Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers. Thank you again for joining us for the EYE Show podcast. I'm one of the surgeons at Visionary Eye Doctors, and thank you for joining us and subscribing. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about your eyelashes and how important your eyelashes are important to surgery and any procedure you do, and obviously having no discomfort or feeling your eyes. There's been a lot of kind of press coming out by a new drop that's supposed to help treat what's called Demodex mites. And this name of this uh, new product, let me just get it out there, is called XDEMV. It's spelled X-D-E-M-V-Y. These on YouTube, you'll see these brochures. They're now passing out to almost all the ophthalmologists and optometrists in the country. Uh, And so I want to talk a little bit about why this is important and what we can do to kind of help patients. So everyone on their body has bacteria and mites. It's part of our flora. They're probably protecting us from something worse. And on the eyelashes, under the microscope called the slit lamp microscope, whenever you see your eye doctor, they're going to look at your eyelashes and your cornea and your whole eye, depending on the doctor. Uh, But we can often see these mites on the eyelashes under the microscope and the way they look is kind of looks like these little collarettes and I think one of these brochures has a little picture of it Uh, but little collarettes that you see at the base of the eyelashes that we now know are we think are mites and so if you take that eyelash, if you pull the eyelash or pull that mite off, put it under electron microscope, you'll see the little kind of antennas and the little compound eyes or whatever it is this little mite has, but you can tell it's a mite. And so we know that these mites live in glands. We think they sometimes burrow into the meibomian gland or live in the meibomian gland or live off the oil. Uh, it's, it's something related to just the general flora, but we need to keep it away from the eyelashes because there's a lot of studies to indicate that these mites destroy meibomian glands. They They cause inflammation, we believe, and they can lead to issues with feeling your eyes, feeling gritty, discharge, the morning junk you get in the morning, that kind of discharge we think is a combination of these mites, probably bacteria, dead cells, and really you should wake up without any crusting in the morning at all. And so that's something that maybe we never knew, but now we do know that that's important. So there's now ways to kind of help with that. We're going to go through a little bit of that. So today we're going to talk about why these mites are important, uh, why we we try to remove them, and what are the newest alternatives to, to treat them. So I see cataract patients every day in my office, and one of the key things I look for are these mites, because what happens when you have any procedure in the world around your eyes, and whether it's a cataract surgery or a sty removal, blepharoplasty, you know, women will lift their eyelids or men will lift their eyelids, the number one complaint is foreign body sensation or irritation after the procedure. And it's so common that I'll have patients come in for a second opinion to see me and they'll have had surgery with world famous doctors around the world and their main complaint is that their eye bothers them and that they feel the ride. It only happened after the cataract surgery. It only happened after the uh, eyelid surgery and I have to show them their meibomian gland so they can see that probably it was that procedure that tipped them over the edge but they were about to kind of be tipped over the edge because they had a loss of the meibomian glands and the mites are often missed by great surgeons around the world because they want to focus on the real problem, whether it's the cataract or the eyelid surgery or the retina, and they won't look at the eyelashes. So it's a basic issue that needs to be addressed, but most surgeons are too busy to look for it. A lot of optometrists miss it also, and they're commonly there. These mites will come and go through your lifetime 
when I was a resident, we would say that 70% of 70 year olds have these mites, 80% of 80 year olds have these mites. So, you know, it's one of those things that it will come and go just like bacteria in your mouth. I'll tell patients, I brush my teeth, the bacteria will be back in an hour, within an hour. Same thing with these mites. You clean the eyelashes, depending on your genetic profile, your flora, the tastiness of your oil, or maybe even blood, uh, these mites will come back. And so we know that there's certain populations of people that are more likely to get these mites. We know that patients that are older, <clears throat> whether it's because of their age or because they just don't clean their eyelids as well, they tend to get them and they tend to be more present in them. Patients with rosacea, check out the previous podcast on what rosacea is, but patients with rosacea have a change in their probably flora. Maybe their eyelid is filled with more blood vessels. I'm not sure why the mites are more uh, pronounced, but there's probably a component of that as well. Patients who have a poor diet, my theory, which has not been proven, but I have a lot of patients that have tried this, including myself, the less gluten, sugar, uh, dairy, the less tasty your your blood and your oil is, the mites tend to be less of an issue. And so there's those three types of patients, I think, that are most at risk of these Demodex mites. And we'll see this, of course, on children, and we'll see it on, uh, you know, even very clean people, these mites are there. And it's nothing to be disgusted by. It's the same thing as if I looked into your mouth or I looked into my mouth, you'd see tons of bacteria. Same idea. So the mites are there, we just have to keep it away from the eyelashes. And the reason is because they can cause inflammation, they can destroy meibomine glands in the form of this word called blepharitis. Blepharitis means inflammation of the eyelid margin. Itis is always inflammation, like appendicitis, uh, conjunctivitis, so blepharitis, bleph is the eyelid margin, and so we just look for that. So as a surgeon, that's the first thing I look at, I'll look at the eyelid margin, I'll look and see if there's any collarettes. I'll usually look on the upper and lower lids to make sure there's no colorettes. If the patient's about to have surgery, I'll remind them to keep the eyelids clean. And how, what I tell them to do is a whole nother question. And it's very controversial. There are now many products over the counter that are very inexpensive. Some are pharmaceuticals. And now the newest one that came out is this Exemdemby. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. So before this this drug came out, we have told patients diluted baby shampoo, but then, then there were a couple of studies saying that diluted baby shampoo was too irritating to the eyelids, which I don't buy, but it, you can still use diluted baby shampoo. But for a lot of patients, diluted baby shampoo is not enough. And so there's the two parts of cleaning for the eyelids. Number one is what you clean with, and number two, how you clean. So what you clean with, there's a whole variety of options. You can do diluted baby shampoo, but you can ask your doctor, are they gone? And if they say, no, they're still there, then diluted baby shampoo is not enough. And in most, in my experience, diluted baby shampoo is not strong enough. So then there's things like my favorite is diluted tea tree oil because I, I know it does work. It does have side effects. It can burn. We're going to go also through a study briefly on the risks of tea tree oil, but super diluted tea tree oil does kill these mites and super cheap. So you've heard me maybe in my previous podcast or video, YouTube videos, I take a bottle of tea tree oil, which is so cheap and I use it. It's good for a year. It's naturally antibiotic. I tip the bottle over. I use whatever's in the top, top of that bottle, that cap of that bottle, which is almost nothing. I take my finger, either it's wet or a wet Q-tip or wet tissue. I often just use my finger because I'm so busy. I just put my finger inside that little cap and then I just rub my eyelashes on the eyelid. I've never heard of anyone getting an infection from this. I've, I've, I've heard patients getting uh, burning, of course, with this. So be careful that your skin will tolerate it or you might be allergic to tea tree oil. But just a little bit every other day or some people will use it once a day or once a week will kill those mites pretty much for sure. So there are papers to indicate that tea tree oil, even the um, National Institutes of Health, 
have done studies on this. The American Academy of Ophthalmology have published or noted on their website that tea tree oil does kill mites. Uh, some of the studies say you need to be on it for 15 minutes. My experience is just even a few seconds will kill these mites. Uh, the dilution, most people will say 50% dilution. I've used 10% dilution. I, I do just this pure tea tree oil with just a little bit and just clean my eyelids. That kills the mites. Uh, but then there was a paper that came out, so everybody knows about this, and we're going to go through this paper a little bit. In 2021 by Chen uh, and her team, uh, also David Sullivan, uh, saying the effects of terpinen for ol, which is tea tree oil, on meibomian gland epithelial cells in vitro. So this is in a petri dish. And the punchline of theirs, they did a really good study. They said that the concentrations uh, were potentially damaging to meibomian gland cells. And I would say that could be true. If you're putting this tea tree oil directly on the meibomian gland cell, it could be toxic to the meibomian gland itself. But I think that because it's in vitro and not in vivo, I would not say that you should not use tea tree oil. We are not putting it directly on the meibomian gland in the sense that the glands are inside, the orifice is on the outside, and the orifice is made up of epithelial cells. And so by cleaning the eyelashes with diluted tea tree oil, I honestly think it's safe as long as your skin is not sensitive to it. If you do tea tree oil for, let's say, 50 years, would the tea tree oil cause more damage than the demodex to the meibomian glands? I would say probably absolutely not, but I don't have data and we don't have that data yet. But if you were to insert the tea tree oil, into the meibomian glands, would it destroy the meibomian glands? It could. But I think if you're just cleaning the eyelashes, just like you brush your teeth, whether it's baby shampoo or even this new medication, I tried to look up Exdemvi's uh, studies on meibomian gland cells, and there's not anything yet that I could find in vitro. Um, David Sullivan might, might do that study, but they haven't done it yet. So if you take this medication, we're going to go through what that is itself, or any medication, uh, whether it is Optase wipes or uh, Cleardex wipes, hypochlorous acid, all the things that have been shown to help treat Demodex, are they toxic on the meibomian gland cells? Most of those studies have not been done. This is the only one I could find as of today. Uh, so just keep that in mind. The um, So I'm a, I'm a big fan of tea tree oil as long as you're not allergic to it, just very diluted, and I do use it still. Okay, so going on to the hypochlorous acid, same thing. There's Avanova, uh, there's Accutane, there's all kinds of things that people are, many companies produce to kind of use sprays. I've used all of them on my eyelashes. I'm not allergic to any of them. You have to check it out, kind of trial and error for most of these things to see what your skin prefers in terms of the actual product. How, let's finish the product part and then we're going to go to how to do it. But then the things like coconut oil, manuka honey, ointment, whether it's prescription, the actual physically covering the eyelids at nighttime, we think suffocates the mite so they start to die. That I think is what the general consensus is. I can't find a paper to say that. So if you see the paper, let me know. Um, but the idea is that you're suffocating the mites at nighttime. So things like coconut oil might help and just take it off really well. Uh, everything that I mentioned has a positive and negative. Even with coconut oil, people are concerned that if you don't wash it off completely, you could clog the orifice of the meibomian glands and then the oil can't come out. And so there's always positive and negative. So keep in mind that a lot of what you're going to try to keep your eyes clean before surgery or just in general to help with your dry eyes symptoms are trial and error and it's frustrating. But I've tried all of these products on myself. I have no negative reaction. I do find my eyes feel better with it. But am I getting older? Am I on screens? Yes. And there are my meibomian glands getting older? Yes. Am I drying up? Yes. So I'm just trying to slow it all down. So those are the products available. Uh, we're going to go through how to clean, and then I'm going to talk about this new medication, Xdemby. 
So the way you clean is really kind of like a gentle scrubbing motion, just like you brush your teeth. In order to get the bacteria out of your mouth when you brush your teeth, you have to scrub. The same idea with your eyelashes. Uh, some products are coming out like little toothbrushes. I've used a little, you know, kind of new toothbrush on my eyelashes gently to keep the eyelashes clean because I've felt like gritty sensation or morning stuff that drives me crazy too. And so the brushing is gentle. Uh, I'll generally do some heat compresses afterwards just to do my heat and then massaging either up and down or side to side or pinching to keep the oil pumping. I don't recommend pinching in general because it probably makes wrinkles worse, but I do that for myself. I don't care because I know that I can feel my eyes getting dry and I'll just do the heat and then just gently pinch my eyelashes on the top and bottom to push the oil out and blink. So that's how you clean. Uh, that's pretty much it on that. So let's talk about the new medication here called Exdemvi. And so it comes with a package insert in pretty much all the kind of containers here uh, that we haven't gotten any samples yet, but this is available now in terms of the uh, FDA approval. And this is by Tarsus is the name. Let me just show you the brochure that they gave us. So the real name of this is called Lotilaner. Plasma protein, uh, lotilaner is the name of medication. And basically what it is is a gamma aminobutric acid, GABA-gated chlorine channel inhibitor selected for mites. And these cause paralytic action in the mite to lead to its death. Uh, it is not an inhibitor of all your GABA channels. It makes it a point here. It Apparently that's all that's in here. It says it's a sterile, preserved, multi-dose, slightly yellowish, opalescent, topical drop, it's 0.25%. And the actual, I'm trying to look it up in terms of the inactive ingredients is editate so, disodium, hydroxypropyl methyl cellulose, and polyoxyl 35 castor oil, so there's castor oil in here, glycerin, dibasic sodium phosphate, monobasic sodium phosphate, and water. So that's what's in there. So it doesn't sound like the preservatives, I was preserved with potassium sorbate. So each one of those molecules I just mentioned, I don't think any of those have been really checked against the meibomian gland in vitro. I haven't seen anything on paper on that. Furthermore, castor oil itself is a treatment for demodex mites. So is this medication effective? Yes. Is it going to damage your meibomian glands? We don't know. Is it worth the money? That I don't know. So I'm not sure. There has not been a head-to-head -head study with the XDMV and using, let's say, the tea tree oil wipes or Optase wipes or baby shampoo or uh, that I know of. Let's take a look at the paper that was published on this. So there's a paper published by Dr. Yu, Elizabeth Yu, who's a colleague of mine. I, I think I gave her her first internship at Harvard. Um, Anyway, so I know her well. She's great. Uh, so this was published in 2023 in Cornea. It was a great study. It was a prospective randomized controlled double mask study with 421 patients randomized to receive either lotilaner, 0.25% uh, or not. Now, those not patients, were they allowed to clean their eyelids with anything else? I don't think so. Let me just double check. No, so we don't really have, as far as I know, and forgive me if it's if I'm missing it, but I don't think they did, uh, were allowed to, they were, they were not allowed. Uh, so it wasn't as if they were checking it against anything else. They were just living their lives. So I assume they might have been cleaning their eyelids. We don't know. I don't see that very clearly written in terms of the control group. So it is effective. It does work. But my point would be to really specifically indicate uh, I'm just trying to double check here that there was anything. So they were not, they were excluded if they were using any 
antibacterial, uh, if they had used any tea tree oil or hypochlorous acid or any lid hygiene products within the last 14 days, or were unwilling to forgo the use of lid hygiene products during that study. So these were patients that did no cleaning of their eyelids in like the control group versus the lotolaner in the case group. So of course the lotolaner is gonna look amazing because you're not even cleaning your eyes. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So really the study to prove that this is worth the money uh, is basically cleaning against the natural products that are probably cheaper and compared to this prescription. Now, there are patients that can't do cleaning. There are patients we see that are in nursing homes that absolutely have no pe nobody to take care of them and they can't take care of themselves. And the blepharitis can be so severe, it starts to cause infections in the eye, it can cause corneal ulcers. So then those patients, for sure, this will be a wonderful medication. For most patients, I think you can probably just clean your eyelids with what's available and probably get an equally effective result. The side effects of this medication, let me just go through them. 10% had burning. They mentioned specifically in the literature that less than 2% had punctate keratitis and a chalazion or a sty because it was actually reported in the in the study here. Uh, so they had, uh, I think they had, a, it doesn't say how many patients, but they did have a few patients. It says 0.5% of patients had a sty. Uh, some had keratitis. So some people did have some side effects with the drop. Eye pain was 1.4%. Decreased visual acuity was 2.8%. And they're comparing it to a control group that are not cleaning their eyes at all. So that's where this gets to be a little tricky with the side effects. In other words, this, this drop might burn. It might cause some you know, irritation. I don't know why they mentioned or why the patients got a sty with it. The patients that didn't clean their eyelids for those few days, 1.4% got a sty. So yes, you could get a sty with... Uh, even using this medication. And the sty is thought to be from these mites. So the punchline to the podcast is clean your eyelashes, especially before you're about to have surgery or any procedure. The eyelashes are a key cause of bacteria and mites that enter the eye that can lead to ulcers, infections, blepharitis, conjunctivitis, all those kinds of things. So keep that in mind before you have any surgery. If you're feeling your eyes crusting, gritty, red, rebound, tearing, like like reflex tearing, blurry vision, focus on your eyelashes, keep them clean, do those warm compresses, think about what you can do to kind of help with that. And hopefully these kinds of procedures and before your, your actual surgical procedure will help prevent the symptoms after the surgery or after the procedure you have where you feel like you're having dis discharge or discomfort, eye pain, burning, itching, uh, foreign body sensation. So that's it. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please pass it on to friends and family. Thanks for joining us.